So this is our third week of a message series that we've been doing called Deep Waters. And we've spent time basically just carving time out to press in and go deeper in the things of God. You know, we serve a God who's unsearchable. He is magnificent and vast beyond our ability to even comprehend. As deep as our mind can go, it's only the beginning of how vast God truly is. And so we wanted to just take time to press in and to seek and to hunger and desire for some of the deeper truths of God to be revealed to us, to, to really come into a deeper and more meaningful relationship with God's our, with God ourselves so that we could be refreshed and strengthened and just ready for the work that he has for us to do. There's a lot of calamity that comes in our world today, especially now with all of the issues and injustices and, and all of the moral decline and everything that happens. It just we, And then there's just stuff that happens to people through illnesses, sicknesses, losing loved ones, different things. And there's all of this stuff that we really just can't find answers and solutions for in the natural realm. Our minds can't figure it out. We can't come up with a, a process or a procedure to fix it. It's in these moments where we realize our dependency upon an almighty God and our need to seek him and find the answers, the solutions, the peace, the comfort that we need to continue moving forward as we're called to do in this life. And we've had a great time in these first couple of weeks, haven't we? I mean, we've really pressed in. I've really just, I feel like God has spoken and he's given revelation in a deep way. And, uh, and I, my heart is not so much to just say, let's have a three-week message series where we all go deep with God and move on. I mean, that would just be, to me, a waste. My heart is to say, this is a way to live our lives. Feel the way that God refreshes you. Get a stir and a taste in your spirit of the deep things of God being revealed, stirring you up, calling you to great and mighty things that you've never known or seen before. God moving in a way where you've heard from him. He's given you direction. He's just refreshed your soul, your spirit, and the innermost part of you in a way you could have never been before. Get a taste of it and get a hunger for it and then live your life this way. The great giants of the faith in the Bible many times throughout their lives would carve out moments, would carve out days or weeks or seasons where it really was just all about pressing in and seeking God and being refreshed and allowing God to move and do something and they just wouldn't even move on until it happened. There was nothing else that was more important and no other priority that they could find that they wanted to seek and search for until they got fresh, refreshing, and, and things from God that they know they needed to move on. Daniel many times would fast and pray, and he wouldn't move and go forward until he got his answers from the Lord to interpret dreams or to speak exhortation uh, to the nation of Israel. And so we, we sort of camp out and we stay in these places where we know it's all about God because what we get busy doing, folks, is we get busy doing, doing, doing. And, and there's some things that are just not even worth doing, but there's other things that are called things, missional things that we need to do, God's called us to do, to use our gifts and talents. And that's fan, those are great things. And we want to move forward. But what happens is, is that we can move along in these things and essentially just keep going, doing, doing without being refreshed continually by the very source, the very author of those missional things that he's called us to. God's created us in a way where we need fellowship with him. We need relationship with him. His spirit refreshes us and strengthens us in a way that nothing under heaven can do. Nothing of this world can offer. And so if we move forward doing, 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 
and we don't spend time being refreshed, going deep, pressing in with God with, for, for new revelation, new understanding, new truth. It's like we get out from under the source that's going to keep us in the strengthened, refreshed state we need to be in to walk those very things out that we're called to do. And so as we, as we start to wind down the series today, I want to I introduce you, I guess, or sort of really speak about having a, a closeness, an intimacy with this person of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, that resides in our temple, our body, when we call upon Jesus as Lord to receive Him as our Savior. When, Jesus, when God breathes His Spirit in us and the Holy Spirit lives in us, there, everything is different. Everything is changed. We're, we're, we are His children. We are bound for eternity in heaven with Him. But there is a relationship there, a deep relationship that God is calling us to walk out, that He wants to have with us, that we want to press in and find and come to know the person of the Holy Spirit in the most intimate, personal, and profound, deep way that we possibly can. So open your Bibles to Genesis. Now, bear with me because I want to read the entire first chapter of Genesis. And I just want you to, you've probably all read this before, but let's all read it together and let's really listen and hear spiritually the things that we're about ready to unpack and dive into as we close this series out. So Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, remember that, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the water under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, herb that yields seed, and fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and the herb, and the yield, uh, yield seed according to its kind, and the tree yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God, God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. And then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. I'm going to pause for just a second. Get a grasp of what's happening here. None of these things exist before God's Spirit speaks it. None of these things have purpose. None of these things have 
direction. None of these things have meaning to them. They're void. They are the deep without meaning. And until God's Spirit speaks it, holy cow, there the earth and the sky and the heaven and the, the, the sea and the land is all separated now when God's voice, when His Spirit speaks it. Verse 16, then God made two great lights, the greater rule to the rule, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and morning were the fourth day. And then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which waters abound according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed him saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over all the birds of the air, over all the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields its seed on the face of the earth. Every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. And then God saw everything that he had made, and, intent, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth, and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you today, God, anoint me to speak your truth in a way that's I'm impossible for me to do without you. Help me, God, to just re reveal the truths of your word and help the people to just receive things, each and every one of them, that will change their lives forever. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is what I want to bring attention to. Thank you for bearing with me. Love Genesis chapter 1. It's, it's creation. It's creation. Everything that was created under all of that was, was brought into being in this beginning chapter that we see that unfolded over however many years God allowed that to happen. And what I, what I grasp out of this so much is that first couple of verses where it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the deep. Now the deep is, is like this, I don't even know how to really explain it, it it's, it's like this chaos. It's like this unformed substance, this purposeless, it's just there. And, and, and God had a great plan for all of that. And as we just read, very intricate and detailed and specific. Everything has its place, has its way, has a way to, to bless man in the process. 
and, and nothing was there until the Spirit of God spoke it into existence. Now, the Spirit of God that's hovering over the deep, I'm going to kind of jump ahead to where we're going. Think of this. The Holy Spirit lives in you and in me. The author of creation. The creator. So, the, the father of creativity, that nothing existed before he moved, before he spoke, brings everything into existence, takes chaos and purposelessness, and forms purpose and direction and substance out of all of that. Now, in our lives, when the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, before that, it's like we really have no direction and no aim from a spiritual standpoint. It, there's, we're not in tune with the purpose and the destiny that God has created us for until the very Spirit of God can reveal and speak it and bring it into existence and lead us and guide us and direct us in the way we would go. So what our aim is, folks, is it is the Spirit of God that we seek. It is the Spirit of God that we yearn for. It is the Spirit of God that we commune with. We, we want to commune with on a regular basis. His Spirit living in us, communing with our spirit, and revealing the great and deep and mighty massive things about His nature, about His character, about His personality, and most importantly, as we're getting into today for the direction we're headed, the mission and the purpose and the destiny that God has for you. The Holy Spirit who's going to live on the inside of you when you profess Christ, He is the only way to receive purpose, direction, and meaning the way God authored and created your destiny. We have to be seeking and desiring. Our whole objective is to seek this person of the Holy Spirit to develop an intimacy and a closeness with this person of the Holy Spirit that God is saying, He doesn't want to keep it from us. He's saying, I want to draw you into this. I want to have this intimate relationship with you. That's why I said in my word, I'm the friend who would stick closer than a brother. God doesn't intend to be evasive or vague or kind of here and there, and, and sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. He is here with us and desiring to have the most intimate relationship with us that we could possibly imagine on a consistent and regular basis. And it's through the relationship of God's Holy Spirit and our spirit that we are constantly refreshed and energized in our spirit man in a way we can't possibly know. I talked a little bit last week about just who, how we are created, right? God made us, first of all, as physical beings. That's what the Bible refers to as our flesh. That's our body and, and the skin and the bones. And then you get deep down into the layers of that and you have cells and inside cells DNA. And God authored all of that. Like he's in every part of that. But then you, that's just the physical man. That's just the first layer of you. And then there's a second layer to you that's called the soul, which is your, your mind and your emotions and your feelings. All beautiful things that are meant to be celebrated, that we are meant to be blessed with, that have purpose in our lives. 
And, and God gave us the ability to think. And our minds work so fast and are so complex that many scientists just haven't even breached the depths of how the mind even works and how the, the study of that. But then you get to the innermost part of you. That's the third layer, we'll say, is the spirit man. And that is the eternal part of you. And I submit to you to think this, it is the strongest part of you. The flesh and the mind are, of, are, are nothing compared to what the, the spirit of man is capable of with the spirit of God strengthening him. When God moves in our lives, when he says, I want to strengthen you, I want to refresh you, I want to move in your life, he's not saying, I want to, I want to work on your, your physical man, or I, he's saying, I want to get to the innermost part of you, and by my spirit, I want to reveal and impart things to you and stir up things in you in your spirit that will rise up so strong, get this, that it will just, like a force, it will move outwardly, and your mind and your emotions and then your flesh will all start to fall in line. You say, well, pastor, that sounds a little deep. It is. It's deep waters. That's the series, so we're trying to go there. But look, case in point, when God does something in someone's life and they're moving, he's moving, and they're just, they get a fresh, a refreshing and a strength, do they not look differently? Do they not walk differently? Is there not a confidence and a countenance change? Is their mind not thinking better thoughts? Are they not rejecting bad thoughts that are from the enemy? Do things not begin to fall in line when God's spirit moves and changes the inner man? It does. But you don't think about these things and have a big change that moves right on down. It's a move of his spirit in our spirit, and that happens in our commune, communing with him and being refreshed in our relationship and hearing his word and allowing the spiritual kind of activity that God is operating on to be busy about the business of doing that in our lives as our spirit man stays refreshed and strengthened. We go along and we don't run into moments in times where we, we hit situations and it just knocks us off our feet. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but, but, but we are strong in our spirit man so that we have a response of faith because it's the spirit man that has faith. And so we are strong in all of those times whenever something happens because we're staying refreshed. We're not going days or weeks or months and then saying, okay, it's time to go drink from that cup. It's time to go get a little refreshing from God. It, it might, I'm not, it's not too late, but I'm just saying it's how much time has gone by that we have not partaked of that. And now we have to spend time getting refreshed because something has hit us that we're not even ready or prepared for. Why not walk in a continual state of refreshing and strength so that we are spiritually ready and have a response for the things of life, the matters of life that God's really given us authority over when they come and hit us from any different direction. Did you know God doesn't want, he doesn't intend for the matters of the world to knock you off your destiny. Never says that in his word. He says we'll have trial and tribulation, but he says consider it all joy. He says walk in a constant state of peace, joy, strength. So he doesn't intend for the matters of the world to knock us off course. How is that possible not to, to walk in a continual state of being refreshed, of making the relationship with God and receiving from him and knowing him deeper of the utmost priority putting that where it needs to be, and putting everything else in our lives in its proper place. It's when we reverse the order of these things, 
and God's off to the side or the time spent with him or the refreshing. It's, it's minimal and it's distant and it's great gaps in between that we find ourselves in these places and we think, what in the world am I going to do? What in the world do I even think? I don't even know. And I'm not saying we don't get hard things that happen. What I'm saying is that our spirit is prepared and ready and strong in those times. Amen? So God's spirit lives in us and he wants to speak just as he spoke creation into existence. He wants to speak and create your destiny. He wants to speak life be and it is into your gifts, into your talents, into your abilities. He wants to speak life into your purpose, into your destiny. Be and it was and it was blessed and it was good. That's the spirit of God that authored creation that lives by the Holy Spirit inside each and every one of us. It's a, I, I can't even put my head around. I can't and I'm not going to try. It's when we try to put intellectualism or, or, or things to the spirit of God, it's just simply not created to be that way. You know, I mean, we strive and we hunger for God, but he brings wisdom and understanding through the spirit, not through the mind. The mind just, oh, catches up afterwards, right? That's how it works for me. It's just like, oh, yeah, of course. But God's already done something. There, it was preceded by some sort of spiritual activity that happened. Oh, man. Oh, this is good. Now, now, we are deaf. We're going to have another week of this. There's going to be a week four. Okay. Just saying it because I'm not going to get to the rest of this, and I don't, I don't want to rush this. So now we, we understand God's Spirit's living in us. The deep, almighty, unsearchable God living in us by the person the Holy Spirit, giving us spiritual life. We have physical life before that, but we were dead spiritually before that. When God breathes his spirit into us, after we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, he gives spiritual life, he breathes his spirit into us, and we are reborn, born again, the Bible says, and made a new creation with Christ. Now, when you look at the Old Testament, the way that God communicates way the Spirit of God communicated with man, it was very interesting. And I'm just going to be very honest with you. I can only give you what I have. I, I don't understand all of this completely. But I observe things, and God show me things, and I just, I just want to give you what, what I have. When God's Spirit communicated with man, he did something that we see. He, he, it says the Spirit of God descended. It basically descended. And then there was relationship, there was communication, there was speaking. And, and, and then when that was done, Spirit of God ascended, went back up. Let me show you. If you've got your Bibles, turn to, first of all, Genesis chapter 35. This is Jacob. God is speaking with Jacob. He's having relationship with Jacob right now. Now, you got to understand, because... The Holy Spirit, after the Garden of Eden, the Holy Spirit wasn't living inside of men. And so God had, this is what blows my mind, like almost a mystery, is like God made some sort of a provision, some sort of a way 
I think because he just flat out loved us so much to where he could still communicate with us. It just happened in sovereign ways and in sovereign times as opposed to the way now I'm, we're building to the Holy Spirit lives in you 24-7 all the time. But God's Spirit descended, and it says right here in Genesis chapter 35, verse 13, then God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. So Jacob had a moment. He had an encounter. He had a refreshing. He had a stirring. He had an impartation. He had God's voice speaking to him. God descended, and then he ascended back up after that. And the Spirit was not living in him. Okay? We look at Moses. Moses in Exodus, the moment where he's in going on uh, Mount Sinai. Okay? And we're going to plow through this, and then this is probably where we're going to wrap up today. But in Exodus chapter 19, verses 17 through 20, pay particular, particular attention to the way the Spirit of God is communicating, how it's happening here, and then we're kind of getting to the point where how it's happening now and how to stay entrenched, engulfed, and immersed in that. Okay? But if there's different ways to communicate, right? I can communicate from a pulpit. I can call somebody on a phone. I can be with them in person. There's different ways. God is communicating with man by his spirit, but in a different way than he communicates with us now. And that's a beautiful, amazing thing because the Holy Spirit isn't living in these people at this time on the inside of them. So in Exodus chapter 19, verse 17, and Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely covered in smoke because the Lord had descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Oh, presence of God. The whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. And then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. So it's time for a relationship. It's time for interaction. It's time for communication. It's time to have uh, time with God. So Moses goes up on the mountain. Now listen to this. The other people in verse chapter 20, verses 18 through 21. Now all the people witnessed, witnessed, get that, didn't partake. Witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Time out. Does it blow your mind that they went and made a golden calf whenever Moses was on the mountain when, after they had just seen this thing? I just, can I say stupidity? I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm yeah. I, it just blows my mind. But, you know, I'm, I do stupid things too, so I guess we're all there. Anyway, so uh, verse 19, they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear but let not, God, let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. They don't get to, to do it. The other people, they don't get this time with God. They're saying, Moses, you go check it out, dude. You go hear from God, because that's the way God saw, set this up. And then you receive... You hear, and then just bring us something back so we can get what you're getting from God the best that we can. But we can't go there. We know that because if we get too close to the presence of God, we will die. The presence of God that would kill men if they stepped into his 
presence without authorization, without permission, is the presence of God living in you right now. His Spirit, the Holy Spirit living in you. He's not saying, Pastor, come over here and talk with me and pray with me on Saturday so you can give the people a word on Sunday and they can hear something, but they're never going to know me. He's saying now today because of Jesus, my Holy Spirit is deep calls unto deep. I'm calling each and every spirit that my spirit lives in to go to the greatest depths that they could possibly go with me. To be refreshed and restored and strengthened and vitalized and energized for the great work and the destiny that I have for them to do. Not because they're hearing it from some other person that I've called to hear from me. Because they're hearing from me themselves on a consistent and regular basis. This is mind-blowing stuff. Then you look at Exodus chapter 33 after all the stuff happens where Moses gets the Ten Commandments and he comes down. Listen to this. So Moses took his tent. He pitched it. Think of this. This is how the communication with the Holy Spirit is happening. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. And so it was whenever Moses went out there, all the people rose, each man stood at his tent door, and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle, the pillar of God descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. And listen to this. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Moses had this huge experience in the presence of God that the people were just aimed at. They wouldn't do anything else while this was happening. Can I tell you something? <laughs> that we can all have these Mount Sinai moments in our lives. The Holy Spirit Jesus came down from heaven. Let's see if you get this. Bring it in here. Holy Spirit, Jesus came down from heaven. It says he left the throne. He came down and was born to the, to the Virgin Mary. He descended. He descended. And then when Jesus rose after the grave, and they saw him go off into the cloud, he ascended. The presence of God was there while Jesus walked the earth. Presence of God went up. Forty days later, something called Pentecost happened. And guess what? Something descended again. It was the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the third person of God. And can I tell you something? He never really ascended. He's here. Hallelujah. He's here now. He's not ascending again until you go you go back to be with God. This isn't anymore some Old Testament deal where it's about tabernacles and God's choosing of when and where and how and which people get to do it. I don't understand all that, folks. I don't know, but God knows, so it has to be right. But now, all I can do is celebrate and rejoice. Thank God in the fact that 
What is, think of what is available to you. What do you have access to? When you see the way the people, a nation, paused and stood and looked and aimed at something that they couldn't even have themselves. You and I all have it available. Do we treasure it? Do we value it? God, do we drink from it regularly? It's the greatest thing. The people, can you imagine? Hypothetically, you go back in time on that mountain and you say to those people, you're never going to believe this, man. Approximately 2,000 years from now, God's actually going to send His Holy Spirit. It's going to actually come down and it's going to live in each and every person who calls on Jesus, the Messiah that you guys preach about, you know? You're going to you're going to receive that Holy Spirit and he's going to actually live in their body. I can't figure it out. It's called the temple, but he's going to live there. And they're always going to be in the presence of God. They're always going to be able to refresh, hear from God, speak with God, hear his truth, to be strengthened, to actually have his power in them, the full power of God available to them because the Bible says God doesn't give the Spirit by measure, fullness. It's all there. Can you imagine what they would say? Oh my God. Now if they came and traveled here today, I'm just talking so, and they saw how we live. I don't know. What would they say? Dude, you, you haven't even talked to God in weeks. Kidding me? Holy Spirit lives in you. Do you know what we would have done for that? Stand at your feet with me today. I just, I just want this to challenge you because this challenges me. Like, I'm not there. I'm, this is, Dude, I need this bad. So I hope that comes across this way, but I hope this challenges you like the person of God, the Holy Spirit that we're going to get very deep into next week is the comforter, the provider. He is the guide. He is the power. He's all these things, right? But he's living in you right now. If you call upon Jesus as Lord, you've given your life to Christ. And that is a mighty thing beyond the mind's ability to grasp. So I ask you.